Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everybody. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my fiance Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It's July 11th, 1998. Why Why did you sound like the scary guy from the uh, Pit of Despair in The Princess Pride? There's, that, <clears throat> there's no escape. Um, <laughs> no, because you have a headache, so I didn't want to be too loud. I like Usually I scream the intro. I was bracing for that. And I wanted, I didn't want to be too loud because Carol is braving a headache. And Mark is braving a toothache. We're here for you guys, That's no matter right. what. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been an interesting week, Carol. It has. It has. 1998 is halfway over. More than halfway over. Yeah. We've only got like, what, four or five months left? Before you know it, it'll be 1999. And we're going to party like it's 1999. That's right. What a what foresight by Prince in like 1983 or 82 when when he wrote that song. To to like, because it was a hit when it came out. And and I guarantee you next year, it's going to be a hit again. Oh, yeah. It's going to be played on the radio all the time. For sure. Uh, but speaking of hits played on the radio, Carol. Yes. The fairest in the land is Lilith. Lilith Fair. Oh, okay. I was thinking of the vampire. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Lilith reigned supreme among the summer music fests. Lilith Fair at Pine Knob. Uh, there's just... One show playing three sold-out dates in Detroit this summer. It's not Garth Brooks. It's not Bob Seger. And it sure isn't Lollapalooza. They're on rough times. Lilith Fair, the all-female fest that Sarah McLaughlin ushered into amphitheaters last summer, is the new queen of the concert hill. The show was last year's top-grossing festival, raking in more than $16 million. I wanted to see it. Uh, it outpaced veteran shows like Lollapalooza and Horde. Horde? H-O-R-D-E. Like a horde of goblins? Horde, yeah. Weird. Yeah, it is. Um, but seriously, like that sounds like such a fun concert. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. It's Sarah McLaughlin. Chick music. It's Bonnie Race. It's Tracy Bonham. It's all that stuff. The only name you said there that I really care about, though, was Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. (laughs) Yeah, that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to going to Lilith's Fair. It sounds like it was a better lineup last year. Yeah, does it? Yeah. Because, I mean, this year, like I said, I'm not that excited. I remember last year I really wanted to see it, and I was sad. Well, I think there's more than just those three. I just, I, I, didn't, I didn't look into all ah, those there. So you're just being lazy. I got, it, I got it. Yeah. But speaking of being lazy, I wonder if Bruce Willis was lazy. When? Willis cheating or whatever. What? No, I don't know. 
Uh, Bruce Willis and Demi Moore enjoying happier times last year are ending their marriage amid reports of a long-running dispute. Hmm. I wonder what their dispute is. Uh, the split between Demi Moore and Bruce Willis may have seemed sudden, but People Magazine reports the couple has been at odds for quite some time. People quotes a friend who visited the couple's Idaho home and said Moore was furious to find Willis's Armageddon co-star 21-year-old Liv Tyler staying at the house. Okay. The, friends, the friend says Moore's vanity was pricked by the young Tyler. Demi could barely function, says the friend. It was like, how dare you bring her here? What? Like, was he sleeping with her? I have no idea. Because that would be really weird. Because, like, we just saw them play father and daughter mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah. And that's just an icky vibe. But, Being I mean. serenaded by her own father. Yeah. She could do better than Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, do you think it's granted, Demi Moore could do better, too. Yeah, Demi Moore is incredibly attractive. So is Liv Tyler. I think Liv's yeah. more more attractive than Demi Taylor. No. I think <laughs> the headache is scrambling my brain. I think Liv Tyler is more attractive than Demi Moore, but not by much. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is it the age? Is that no. What you think? No, there's just something about Liv Tyler's face. It's like perfect. Like, I, I just like, I want Interesting. a picture of her face on my wall forever. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> it's disturbing, but I could probably make that happen. Don't you think she has a beautiful face? She does have a beautiful face. But speaking of disturbing, Carol. Yes. You bet their life. Warren Man excels at the end game as celebrity death pools take to the radio, the office, oh. and the internet. Gross. Death, it appears, becomes us. Comedian Milton Burl celebrates his 90th birthday Sunday, but hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe even millions, who have joined in an office or internet death pool have a lot more interest uh, in the to-be-determined date when Burl will pardon the cruelty by the farm. Uh, so, yeah, have you heard of this, uh, death pools? No, and I think it's disgusting. I knew a couple gentlemen who created a death pool uh, a couple years ago. Wow. Uh, basically, the way it worked was you'd pick who would die, right? And you got points based on 100 years. So, uh like, if somebody died who was, say, like Chris Farley died, right? Mm-hmm. So that'd be a big win for somebody. Because I think Chris Farley was 28 or something like that, right? Sure. Um, So that would be 72 points because he's 72 years away from 100 when he died. And that's so, so if you picked somebody that's older, like Milton Burrow's going to be, is 90, he'd only be worth 10 points if he dies. But. It would take so long to actually, you know, cash in to see who who lives and how many points they're worth when they die. No, no. So you just do it in a year. Okay. You pick, you pick, uh, like, it's different for everybody. So you pick, like, say, 10 names or something like that. Everybody picks 10 names for that year, the calendar year. And if a celebrity dies in that year, then you get the points based on their age. Weird. And if they don't die, you don't get any points. So, 
That's really morbid, though. Would you do something like that? No. I feel like that's just wrong, like karmically wrong. Like, People bet a lot of money on it, too. Ugh, gross. Yeah, it is gross. Shame on you, people. Wow. Your death pools. We're taking the moral high ground on massive late fee. Speaking of the moral high ground, Carol. Uh-huh. Uh, adults may have smoked pot, but their kids shouldn't. Okay. Baby boomers should not hesitate to be firm in discouraging drug experimentation, even if they went through the phase themselves. What do you think about that? Um, I, I just wonder why they're making this article. It's a hypocritical stance. Yeah. From the time I was about 14, this is Trevor Coleman. From the time I was about 14 until I graduated from high school, I worked summers as a junior camp counselor in upstate New York and fended off Jason Voorhees several <laughs> times. Right. And noticed that the people that smoked pot tended to be murdered by him more often. No, uh, I would be assigned to a senior counselor, invariably a college senior or graduate student, and usually work the day camp. But for a few days each year, the kids would stay overnight, and once we put them down for the evening, we could head to the beach and make a fire. I can still almost feel the chill breeze coming in off the lake and the smell of burning wood. Without too much more effort, I can also smell the burning pot. Okay. Ooh. As I reflect back on those seemingly carefree days in the mid to late 70s, Two things occurred to me. One, they seemed a lot more innocent than today. Two, baby movers sure did smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> okay. Those college students I worked with are now deep in their 40s with children in their teens or college who, if they are not experimenting with drugs, are at least being exposed or tempted. The drugs of choice seem to be primarily marijuana and alcohol. And to my mild amusement, these very same people who smoked grass as if it were going out of style along with their haircuts, now seem to be very ambivalent about how to deal with it. So what is your point, though? Yes. Yeah. My, my question, like, this is a very long article for you not to get to your point yet. I, I'm really, yeah, I've been wondering what his point was since the beginning. Come on, Trevor Coleman. Like, In spite of the perceptions that marijuana is not a harmful drug, and in many circles it is quite fashionable, Parents should be firm and unequivocal with the message to, of opposition to its use, whatever their own history. Although marijuana has the image of a safe drug, it is far from it. Um, but why? Um, like, where is this coming from? <laughs> where Where is his uh, basis? It impairs driving. It's, I mean, like, essentially, okay, so it looks like his point is just, Drugs are bad, okay? Okay. Like, that's essentially what it seems like his point is. And he's like, oh, it doesn't matter if you did it and it was okay. They shouldn't do it. I don't get it. Yeah. That's what we have lids for. I knocked over over a uh, a soda. I think I got unplugged. Did you? I think so. I don't hear my voice. Oh. I'm putting the cap on. Hello, hello? Okay, I'm, I'm back on now. All right, your voice is back. Yes. Sorry for the technical difficulty, everybody. Yeah, that's what happens when you drop soda next to our very expensive recording equipment. But it was lidded. Thank God. 
Well, if I had spilled soda over our very expensive recording equipment, you might have killed me. <laughs> in a perfect murder style scenario. Sure, with I, a That's the movie. Thermometer to the neck. Yeah. Cuz that's how they do. A meat thermometer. That's how Gwyneth Paltrow does it. Right? Just ask Blythe Danner. <laughs> Who? Her mom. Oh, okay. Actress Blythe Danner. I thought that was the name of the guy that she killed in the movie, and I was Probably. confused. Yeah, the guy she killed in the movie was played by her mom, Blythe Danner. <laughs> so, it's a lot of good makeup. Right. So this movie is Gwyneth Paltrow with Michael Douglas? Yes. <laughs> I you got almost, it. You almost, wow, very, <laughs> very good. Very proud of me. You were going to say Kurt Douglas? I was thinking Kurt Douglas, yeah. That's his father. I get them confused. I really do. I wonder if Kurt Douglas and Blythe Danner were ever in a movie together. Both their parents. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. And um, they're very rich. And Well, yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. What? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and she's cheating on him. With a artist dude who's very poor. Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. Now from G.I. Jane. I have I have some issues with this situation. Okay. Like Michael Douglas isn't a bad looking guy. No. I mean he's not probably not on par with Vigo Mortensen. But I feel like it's only an age thing because when he was like in Romancing the Stone, he mm. was he was on par. Yeah. Um and he didn't seem too much of an asshole. Well, apparently, according to her, everything had to be his way. When did she say that? Uh, she said it as an offhanded thing hmm. to her hotter Hispanic friend. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't like abusing her or anything. Didn't seem like it. Um. I don't know. I just I don't really get it. Like, she seemed like a nicer person than him, but she was being. Uh, awful person because she was having the affair well that's my problem with the movie so Mm -hmm. i liked the movie for a lot of the run of the film Mm -hmm. until the end essentially okay when the end came i was like i I don't like this ending and the whole time i was thinking who am i rooting for (laughs) like who is who am i supposed to whose side am i supposed to be on Okay. That's, that was my big problem with the movie. The movie is mostly told from Michael Douglas's point of view. Sure. So you would think that we should be on Michael Douglas's side, maybe. But like he's also trying to murder his wife. See, I don't think it was mostly told from his side. I think they did a fair back and forth. I mean, we saw her with just her friend and with just her lover. and Yeah, I mean, a little. We saw her, you know, taking a bath and killing a person. Like. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I was always on her side. Really? Yeah. See, I wasn't because she's she's cheating on him. Yeah, and that's not good. Right. I agree. But I'm just saying the way the movie was set up, it, to me, it felt like she was the one we're supposed to side with. I guess. Maybe just because, you know, she was being murdered. Right. She's the literal victim in The Perfect Murder. Right. Which I guess is an ironic title. Right. Because it is definitely not perfect. It has all kinds of problems, like the wrong person gets murdered, you know, shit right. like that. Yeah, twice. And like, okay, so let's back it up a little bit. So her husband figures out she's cheating on him. Yeah. Now, here's my question, though. He wants her killed because she is the rich one th- uh-huh. in their relationship, and right. he wants to get the money. Yeah, he needs the money. 
So, do you think the cheating was just an excuse? Like, or do you think that was the thing that, like, tipped him over the edge? No, I think, I, I, I don't think he wanted to kill her until he found out she was cheating. Okay. But then he was just like, okay, well, now I can kill her because I need the money. Yeah. He could have gotten the money anyway. They're married. And there was no prenup. The whole thing made no sense. Yeah, that that revelation, see, that was a mistake on their part. They should have said that there was a prenup. That would have made it more plausible. Yeah, no prenup means, like, she's cheating on you. You get half her money. So, yeah, he should have just divorced her, and then everybody would be alive. Yeah, exactly. And she'd end up screwed over because she would have ended up with the dude she's cheating with who was actually a con man. So it would have worked out so much better for him. Which he figured out. He figured out that the guy doesn't really love her. He's a con artist who woos wealthy women and steals their money. Although, while he doesn't love her, he liked her well enough to not be able to kill her himself. Yeah. I guess that's something. Well, he's also not a murderer, so that's right. a, it's a big leap to, to go from being a con artist to killing someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big ask. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> not, not only kill, kill somebody, but kill your lover. Yeah. So... There are things I liked about the movie. Mm-hmm. The acting is top notch. Oh yeah, I liked a lot of the twists. There were many twists in the film. It's not really like a, a mystery necessarily because we know what's going on. Yeah, but so like there was a there were the meat thermometer that she ends up killing <laughs> the intruder with because the plan is to make it look like a robbery. And then the guy's supposed to kill her, right? Um, the the meat thermometer that she ends up killing the intruder with, uh, they show it a few different times. So I correctly called that she was going to kill the guy. But it's supposed to be Viggo Mortensen. Right. Her artist lover under there, right? And it's not. It's some guy he hired to do it because he couldn't do it. Yeah. Which actually, it turns out, for the best, because if she had discovered that it was her lover that she killed... Yeah, that'd be a lot more complicated. That would raise a lot of questions. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, she... And the guy, like, he didn't bring a weapon. He's there to murder somebody, and he's just like, well, fuck it. I'm Mm. gonna do it with my bare hands. Right. That doesn't seem like the way it should go down. No. Unless he's a serial killer. Like... I don't think people... Now, granted, I'm not a murderer. I couldn't do that. So my understanding's not great here. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you want a little more separation than hands on body and looking in their eyes and all that. Yeah, you would think that, like... And and you'd have to be very sure of yourself as a murderer. Right? That you could do it without a weapon. Yeah. Like, that's... That seems like a pro-level move. <laughs> Not an amateur-level move. Yeah, I'm going to kill this chick with my bare hands. But he was wrong, because he didn't do it. She nailed him in the neck with the meat thermometer. Yep. Go, Gwyneth. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Although, like I said, I'm not rooting for her in this movie. Just she because she was unfaithful. Well, one, yes, she was unfaithful and lying and duplicitous 
And she never really seemed like a good person at any point in the movie. I mean, she works for the UN. She has a vague job at the United Mm -hmm. Nations, which I guess is supposed to make her a good person. But it's like, we don't see enough of her helping people for like... We never see her in a in a super positive light in this whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, and she quit her job, like, at some point during the movie, didn't mm-hmm. she? Like, yeah. And, like, why? Like, that wasn't really... I don't know. Explained either. Just... Nope. There's a lot of what's going on in her life that is not explained at all. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I guess, I guess that's not the point. The point is the murder. And the rest of it's just kind of a background for it. The perfect murder. <laughs> but... I don't know. The whole thing, like I said, the whole thing is very difficult to me because it, I, I suppose as a guy, I am identifying more with Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. And like, like if you cheated on me, I wouldn't kill you, but I'd want to. <laughs> you would? You'd want to kill me? I mean, like, I don't know, but I'd have that anger emotion. Sure. Like, I mean, I'm sure I could think to myself, oh, I'd I, I, I fucking kill her, you know, like, like. If you cheat on me, I'm sure I could think that, you know. I don't think I could do it, but I think I could think along those lines. Um, well, and he was so calculated. It's not like it was a crime of passion. He hired someone to do it. No, it's not a crime of passion at all. Like, he's he, he he's cold and calculated, too. Right. Yeah. They're both very, like, mm-hmm. icky people, I guess. And so is her lover. Yes. Yeah, everyone's bad in this movie. <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like this movie would have been a lot better if it was directed by the Coen brothers. Okay, why? Well, they you know they did Fargo, they did um, uh, the Big Lebowski movie, which is a little bit more of a comedy, I suppose. But they, I think they excel in bad characters doing bad things. But you know, like you can, they can. Draw more sympathy, I think. Okay. I just feel like this movie would have flowed better if it was like... Because it's set up like you're supposed to root for someone. Yeah. And like I said, I feel like the person you're supposed to root for is her. I guess. But I never felt any sympathy towards her. Hmm. Even when she was being strangled to death. I mean, I I didn't... I wasn't like, yeah, kill her. You know, (laughs) like I wasn't like rooting for it. But... I mean, I wasn't like, oh, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. It, it feels like in some ways that she almost deserves it because of, you know, what she's doing. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just, like, she seemed nicer and more likable. I guess. But I just, I, I wonder what you're basing that on. What What scenes made her seem more likable? I don't know. Um, <laughs> when she was fucking the artist, I don't wow, know. yeah, that was very likable. <laughs> oh, speaking of the artist, he does a thing that I think is weird. Mm-hmm. First of all, we find out a thing with his tongue. He, no, okay. We find out that he's not even really an artist, or he wasn't. He learned to paint while in prison for his cons, right? And he's just using this as part of the new con. Mm-hmm. But he does create a painting of her. Yes, he does. When he thinks that she's been murdered. Mm-hmm. He's all sad and stuff like that. Which is really ridiculous and stupid. Not a smart idea, no. 
and he wrote on that too. He wrote something like, "What did you do?" or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like, wh- why? <laughs> what did it mean? I don't know. It was all stupid. He was not a smart man. This movie felt like it wanted to be a Coen Brothers movie, or it wanted to be a Tarantino movie. Hmm. You know, like it wanted to be a Pulp Fiction style film. I don't know. It it was a little too straight laced. That. But, uh, but that's what, I guess that's what I'm saying. It could have used more of that. Sure. I can see that. I don't know. I liked the constant, like, twists that we had going through it, though. Yeah. There wasn't, like, things kept changing. The, the entire situation was very fluid and dynamic, which I think worked to the movie's favor. It was intriguing. Yeah. And, and I was interested most of the way. I just really hate the ending. What did you hate about it? I hate that she kills him. She wins. And, like, the cop's talking to her, and he's like, well, I guess there was nothing you could do because you spoke my language, and, I, like, I think you're nice or whatever. She was defending herself. I, yeah, I guess, but, like, she was really ready with that fucking gun, man. I'll tell you what. She dispatched him like she was a fucking cold-blooded <laughs> killer. Uh, I don't know. I felt sympathy for Michael Douglas in that in that. In that Really? Yes. He paid someone to have her murdered, and then when she found out, attacked her to kill her. Mm -hmm. And you feel sympathy for him because he got killed. Yeah. Wow. So you think murder isn't as bad as infidelity, basically, is what you're saying? Yes. Interesting. I guess that's my stance, Carol. I I will take that uh, as a warning. (laughs) I mean, I really don't, like, I don't know. I, part of it, I think, is Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow just comes across as cold. Yeah, I agree. I don't think she is an actress. She is a particularly warm person. Yeah. I know you said that you think um, the other one that looks kind of like her, what's her name, is better looking. Um, the one who I always get them confused. Gwyneth Paltrow and from uh-huh. my best friend's wedding, the blonde. Oh, Cameron Diaz? Yeah. She wow. she she comes across more as a warm person, but I think they both Absolutely. look very similar. You don't think they look similar? Not really. They're both blonde. <laughs> I guess. They're both blonde, somewhat attractive women with like a similar I think Cameron Diaz is way more attractive. And I think she looks like a fucking cartoon character. I really do. Like her face is just weird. Well, I guess I like cartoon characters. I guess so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say about this movie. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like it was, it was to me, it was a fun ride. It was intriguing the whole time. I think it's worth it to see. It was a fun ride. I didn't like the ending. I feel like they both should have lost. Well, see, here's the thing is that you have this really strong sense of fairness mm. and it didn't feel fair to you. So that, that ruined That's the whole movie it. for yeah, you. She doesn't get punished like she should. Bad girl. Exactly. <laughs> but that is the episode for the week, guys. It is. So you can write us at latefee1994awl.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yep. And share the tapes with your friends. Oh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.